Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything. This episode of A Love Like This is brought to you by The Friendship Centre. The Friendship Centre offers genuine and caring counselling support to people from all walks of life. If you need support or just want someone to talk to, particularly with the same Christian values as you, visit friendship-centre.com or call our incredible friend Maria on 0426 282 214. Stick around to learn more. Have you ever struggled with saying yes to God? Maybe you're afraid of stepping out and saying yes to the things that God is inviting you into. A person who has said yes to God time and time again, who lives her life in rhythm and surrender is the beautiful Rebecca Lyons. To be honest, this was a huge dream come true for me. This episode was really special. Rebecca's book, Rhythms of Renewal, freed me from my own experience of anxiety, and I honestly cannot wait for her devotional. Having someone you can relate to in your faith journey makes the world of difference in growing closer to God. In this week's episode, we're talking about her brand new devotional coming out called A Surrendered Yes. Rebecca has a beautiful story of adoption and freedom. After saying yes to God, Rebecca realized that saying yes to who God says you are, even in the small, ordinary moments of life, can create renewed spiritual vitality. So enjoy this incredible episode. So we want to talk about your new book that is coming out in two weeks, which we are so excited about, A Surrendered Yes. So I guess we should start off by asking you like, what is A Surrendered Yes? Oh, that's a great question. It's really just trusting God in what is, you know, sometimes we life never really looks as we planned it. And yet it's all about, uh, surrendering our will for his. And sometimes that means embracing what is and having just real acceptance to, uh, waiting on God in, you know, something we long for that has yet to come. Sometimes it looks like risking when he's inviting us to step out in our calling. And sometimes it looks like forgiveness when we still feel a lot of hurt and we'd rather avoid (laughs) that person. Uh, It's whatever obedience looks like for that moment. And it's usually the thing that requires more trust, more risk, more release and letting go because we know that it's going to grow us. It's going to teach us a lot and that our healing and our strength is on the other side of that. Yes. That's so beautiful. Well, Rebecca, like leading into my next question, I want to thank you for being so open about your struggles with anxiety and panic attacks because like, oh gosh, three years ago, I went through a season of panic disorder and I thought I was crazy. I experienced a panic attack and I was like, what is going on? I'm the only person on earth who thinks that I'm dying right now. Um, But so thank you so much for that. But I just wanted to ask you, like, um, how did you get into a place of a surrendered yes? Like, how do you now live with a surrendered yes instead of living with anxiety and panic attacks? Well, it's just so much of letting go, you know, part of the reason we have so much anxiety is we have a fear of the future. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can't release what we can't control. (laughs) And so we try to put all these parameters in place, these boundaries, these rules, and these controls essentially are just masking fear. And what if we just lean into the fact that we don't know what's happening or what's going to happen? We're not supposed to know. 
And, but we do trust and love and know the one who does. And so as it's really just, we have to take that posture of a child and go, I don't know what you have, but I know that whatever it is, you're not going to leave me or you're not going to forsake me. I'm not going to feel abandoned in this uh, confusion or this unknown. And in the end, you promise me that you're going to, you're not going to fail, that you've overcome the world and that there will be trouble, but take heart. And I think those promises are what we have to go back to um, in all areas of unknown. And, and so on my website, I have a quiz, rebeccalions.com slash quiz, and it's asking people what their healthiest yes is because right now it's, it's harder in certain categories. So for example, the, the kind of the buckets that people respond in are typically around our health or our identity, our future, our, um, our dreams. And it's just in our relationships. And so sometimes some of those yeses come easier and some are more hard. And so I think for each of us, it's just going a surrendered yes today. I mean, of course I can be tempted to anxiety still like you and I both know that once your brain has had that neuro pathway of trauma, it wants to keep doing that. There's triggers that will invite that to happen. Mm -hmm. But we also know that God gave us a a brain with neuroplasticity, meaning it, those trauma um, brainwaves can be healed. They can be regenerated Mm -hmm. by the author of life, which is crazy. Right. So as a result, I go, okay, so I'm prone to want to like really control and make things happen and, and just, just figure out what I can do to save myself. And I think my posture in this devotional and because of the way I've had to kind of make myself live this is going, God, you love my kids more than I, Mm -hmm. you you have appointed every day of my life before one of them began. All my days are written and planned before one of them began. You know, when I'm supposed to start writing, when I'm supposed to stop writing or when I'm supposed to start teaching or stop teaching, like you control all things. And as long as I submit to that and I come under that and the fruit, if the fruit of my life is showing love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness, then whatever the outcome doesn't really matter as much. I think it's more about is the fruit in our everyday lives one that embodies the spirit. Yeah. And we're so busy work working toward like the control of outcomes. And like the first rule of parenting is praise effort over outcome. You know, it's yeah. not the fact that your kid got a straight A because he might have cheated or it might have just been a subject super simple for him. Yeah. What we really affirm in our kids is like. I see you working very hard and I see you trusting and I see you um, having a posture of release and all those things are the things that grow and mature you. That's what I want to cheer for Um, your willingness to trust God, even when it's hard, your willingness to lean in and listen and do the work. Um, And then let, let the, you know, he says, seek first the kingdom. And then all the rest is added. Like he is the one who quantifies what success looks like because our, our way of measuring success is always so temporary and God is wanting to have the deep, like satisfaction in our soul, knowing that we're beloved first Mm -hmm. and that everything is the, everything else is the overflow.
Yeah, wow. It's such a beautiful picture, I think, living with Jesus is saying yes to in obedience with Him. And then like what you were saying, I feel like when we say yes to Him, that's when we see the abundance of fruit that our life becomes full of joy and full of love, which I love so much. So we want to talk about joy for a second here, because obviously we can only see joy from a screen. Um, but boy, does she bring us joy as a family. Um, so I wanted to talk about, so this was a life changing decision for you and your family has made a lot of those. So what led you to saying yes to joy? Because I love this story so much. Oh yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a bit, it was 17 years in the making though. We did not know it. And I think that's, what's so cool about this whole, this whole theme is that God knows even when we don't, and he knows, you know, that when I had a, a firstborn son at 26, found out six hours after he was born that the doctor said, we see signs of down syndrome in your baby. I was terrified, very ill-equipped, very insecure, scared of the unknown. And, and yet God knew then, which I didn't realize till much later that 17 years ago, he gave us Cade because he knew one day there would be a joy and that he knew we would say yes, not because of our own like nobility or honor or (laughs) courage, but more because we had walked that road and we found that even in trial, trial produces character, um, endurance, which produces character, which produces hope. And so suffering while we know we always want to run from it, we don't want suffering in our lives. We would rather just everything be easy all the time that we would never mature. Yeah. We would never grow up. And the goal of suffering or trials in James one is that count it joy. He says, count Mm -hmm. it joy when you face trial because it makes you perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mm. And that doesn't mean we're perfect and complete on our own strength, lacking nothing. It's that Christ in us, when he prunes and purifies our hearts through suffering or surrender or trial or sacrifice, we have hearts that are coming from a pure place. They're, they don't have a motives and agenda attached to them. We're just like, okay, God, like it's not yeah. mine Um, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I've been rescued. I've been set free apart from me, apart from you. I'm nothing Mm. that, that isn't like self-loathing. That is like God glorifying so much to the point where we just receive the goodness that he has through the life and the destiny that he's got for us. So because there was a Cade, He invited us to adopt joy. He had prepared our hearts in advance. Of course, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Of course, I had all the same feelings I Mm -hmm. had with Kate. But I did say to my husband, I said, I believe God gave us Kate 17 years ago because he knew there'd be a joy and he knew he'd say yes. And I wish I could say, like, I was so sure of myself. But honestly, I think I look at Moses when God called Moses and he said, I'm not good with words as if God didn't know that. Right. When he called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations, he says, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm not good with words. And God just said, open your mouth and I will fill it. And I believe God chooses us because we are weak, not in spite of being weak. I think he knows that his strength is made perfect in our weakness and his glory is revealed. And everything about our lives is so that his glory may be revealed, whether it's sin in our lives so that his glory may be revealed or anxiety or depression. It's not our story of struggle. It is his story of rescue. And so when we can walk in the fullness of knowing that our lives are just to give testimony to the good and glorious riches of God, then all of a sudden it feels less like surrender and more like adventure. It feels more Mm. like 
it's not going to be figured out. We're going to have days of crazy. Um, I'm going to probably like have dirty clothes and dirty lawn, um, dirty dishes and (laughs) look like a hot mess half the time. But if I'm honest about it and I'm honest about the work that he's doing in me, then hopefully somebody else who's been struggling with their own level of obedience or their own level of trust or risk maybe they'll feel the courage to do the same. Yeah. And that's what we can do for one another is just be obedient and be faithful with what God, with what little or big God entrusts to us and encourage each other to keep going in the same way. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, the Friendship Center. For five years, the Friendship Center has been providing self-funded counseling support to Christians and non-Christians alike. Finding a counsellor who is there when you need them for as often as you need them and with the same faith values as you can be a challenge. The Friendship Centre offers both free and paid counselling services in person or over the phone to people all around Australia. With 23 phone-based counsellors, they have the ability to pair you with someone who genuinely cares about you. Maria Serena founded the Friendship Centre with the hope of providing passionate and genuine mental health support to those in our local community. Our family has personally used the Friendship Centre services and after every interaction, we feel lighter, more loving and full of life. What sets the Friendship Centre apart from so many other mental health support services is that if you find your roots in faith, their counsellors cater their sessions to embed scripture and truth to help you not only feel better, but live better. Make sure to visit friendship-centre.com or call Maria on 0426 282 214 to learn more. Enjoy the rest of this incredible conversation. You know, Rebecca, sometimes saying no can be the best form of a surrendered yes to God. Have you experienced this in your own life? And what advice do you have for listeners who find it hard to say no? Yeah, because every time you say no, that does open room for something new yeah, for or sure. what God has on the horizon. So I do love that. Yeah, um, I think surrendered yes means accepting um Honestly, sometimes it's accepting failure. Mm. It's accepting that like life didn't go this, this idea, this, it didn't look like I had hoped and even accepting, honestly, there's this um, liturgy in a book. I love every moment, holy, and it's called the death of a dream, which sounds really destructive (laughs) and horrible, but every single person I have read it to, because it did this to me, it literally rocked their world and got them kind of to that, that deepest place of their soul that they have withheld from God, Mm -hmm. that maybe it's a hurt, a longing that they didn't feel like they could voice. Um, Maybe there, there was sadness or disappointment attached to expectations. And we don't realize we're withholding those deepest wounds from our savior. Mm -hmm. And which is why we can't have healing. And so part of, I think saying no is going like say no meant, um, I just really, it meant saying yes to something that was a no from God, right? Mm. We don't Mm. like that. But in the end, I look look at all the things that I thought I wanted and God was like, no, I don't think so. Mm. And I look back now and go, wow, you actually spared me um, a a lot of real heartache or maybe you spared me ego. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you spared me in different ways. Again, the biggest, I think, posture and tone of this book is, do we trust the sovereignty of God Mm. that he holds all things together? And that includes us. That's so good, Rebecca. You talk a lot about 
living with freedom. So what does it look like to you and why do you think it's so important to live from like a posture of freedom to live free? Well, freedom is a slow and steady process of just handing things over. You know, you look at someone who's really enslaved, they're like hunched over backpack, lots of bricks and rocks in their backpack of responsibility, nobility, someone who really operates as an orphan, right? An Mm. orphan would say, there's no one I can trust or rely on. If it is to be, it is up to me. I have to be survival skills scrappy. I have to hustle for love. I have to earn favor with people. It's always transactional. It's always scarcity mentality. Like I got to get it while I can, cause it's not going to be here tomorrow. Whereas the posture of a daughter who is beloved says there is always more lavish love ready and waiting. There's always more nutrients of heaven at my disposal. And so I think for me, that has been an unlearning of an orphan victim mentality and a relearning of not because I wasn't loved as a child, not because I didn't grow up in the church, but I did somehow pick up the message along the way that, that my worth was only as good as my latest accomplishment, Mm -hmm. that I needed the public affection to heal private rejection. And the truth is that as I got honest with God about just those wounds and those expectations of myself and realizing how hard I, when I was hard on myself, I'd be hard on others. If I was gentle on myself, I'd be gentle on others. I just asked God to do that inner work of healing. And as a result, you know, he is one who sets us free. So when, if you want to get free, you got to first recognize what is bondage? What, what is the metaphorical jail cell I'm living in that there's no lock, there's no door, there's no key. But for some reason I'm holding onto these bars because I'm afraid that if I step out, I will truly live in freedom. And sometimes we use our chains as a crutch. They be kind of come the thing we they identify, we identify with them. They become like our swan song and God is going, that's why Jesus always like asks, do you really want to be healed? I mean, it seems like a rhetorical question, of course, but he's asking the man who'd been laying on a mat for his entire life, who was unable or unwilling in time to jump into the pools when the waters were stirred. And the reason Jesus asked, he says, you've You've never known freedom. You've only known bondage. And if you don't do something differently, that seems like that's really all that you are comfortable with. Because if you really want to be healed, it means you will have to stand up. You will have to roll up your mat. You're no longer going to get to hang out at the pool Mm -hmm. with your homies. Like you're going to actually like have a new song and a new story and you will no longer be a victim. You will walk in victory. And as a result, like there's almost greater responsibility. Freedom comes with responsibility. And sometimes we want the freedom, but we don't want the responsibility. And that's just indulgence. That's actually not real freedom. Paul's very clear about, um, you are free in Christ. Don't use your freedom for yourselves. Use it to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. So to me, the more I see us bearing fruit of the testimony of what God has done for us, what we stop striving to do for ourselves then all of a sudden we find that freedom is contagious and it frees us to set others free. So true. I can, oh my goodness, I can relate to that so much. When you were talking about the identity part, I was so caught up in my anxiety that when I would read the word anxiety, I'm like, hey, that's me. 
Like every time yeah. I saw that word, I was like, that's Paige. But um, I heard God say to me, like, you gotta, you gotta do something about this because the night I had my panic attack, I said to myself, I was like, I never want to go there again. Like that was the lowest moment of my life. Like, God, you show me what to do. And I realized after reading Rhythms of Renewal, I had spent the whole year of 2019 living in rhythm. Like I was doing all of these things. We were doing ministry at our high school. Like I was connecting with people. I was doing all these incredible things. And I was like, oh, it's because I was living in rhythm. Like this is the life God wants me to live. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I found freedom through that. So thank you so much. Um, I'm sure there's someone listening to this who may be struggling right now to say yes to something in their life. What encouragement do you have for that person in the season? Hmm. Well, I would just say if it's something that keeps coming back around, mm. you know, you know, it's a nudge or a whisper of God, if it's consistent and persistent, oh, yes. <laughs> um, and also, you also know, it might be because it's asking you to sacrifice something. It's asking you to risk. Um, you it, it's costly, you know, I do think obeying Christ can cost reputation and it costs relationships that are toxic or, or destructive. Yeah. Um, it can cost like the confidence of like, here's what I've done and this is what I know it's, but the good thing is, is if it really is from God, it won't let up. It's like sand in your shoe that drives you crazy. (laughs) And it'll also bring you to tears. I think often like whatever that nudge is, that invitation It's usually him prompting you to make your pain become purpose Mm -hmm. where you can take your trial or your story of sorrow and you can actually bless and encourage someone else to remind them that they're not alone. And this is not the end of their story. And the only way you have authority to even walk into that is because you you've carried that story yourself and you've, you living as a, you're bearing witness to that as well. So I just say, if it's persistent, if, if it makes you cry, if you can bounce it off a good friend who says, I think you should lean into this, then seeking that counsel um, and asking God to just continue to make it obvious um, just one little step at a time. It doesn't mean you have to like know the whole plan. You don't need to have like a three-year, you know, business model, you know, it might just be like, Hey, go initiate a conversation with this person today. It's yeah. like long obedience in the same direction, a very a faithful and steadfast, small transformation happens one small step at a time. That's so beautiful. Okay, Rebecca. So we'll ask you this question and then we always ask our guests a last question, but so a surrendered yes is divided into three sections, saying yes to God, saying yes to yourself and saying yes to others. Each of those have their own unique you know, things. So what, what do you want readers to take away from each section of the book? Yes. Well, I, I love with God because obviously he should get our whole heart. And <laughs> you know, he says his eyes roam the earth looking for whose hearts are completely mine. So he's jealous for our hearts. He really, he gave us his all. He wants us to give him our all. Um, and so saying yes to God is just the whole premise of everything we've talked about. But then saying yes to ourselves was very important for me to be next because um, the commandment to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself would assume that you know how to love yourself. If you're supposed to model how you love yourself to how you love your neighbor, um, we get, we miss that a lot. I find that it's love God and love others, which is good. And it's true, but you actually only love others from the overflow of your own belovedness. So if you are not receiving love from God, if you aren't coming to know, as Ephesians says, the full height, the depth, the breadth, 
the width of God's love, then you actually can't carry God's power in your heart to love someone else. And that's so clear to me. Um, It's not just about talking about God's love and singing it and reading it. It's coming to know it. And the only way you come to know it is when you see and you're broken by how much Christ did on your behalf. Like you really are sobered and just cannot believe that like, even in light of your sin, Christ reconciled you to himself, to the father and to one another. And instead of your sin, God, he, you, you bear the righteousness of Christ, like a cloak, like yeah. it covers all of our sin so that God looks at us and he sees us as righteous, which is crazy because God knows I still want to stalk people online. I still Mm want to argue with my husband. (laughs) I still am insecure in friendships and God's going, no, actually because of Christ, you are a new creation and the old is done and the new is here. And so if you live like that is true, then you can love other people in the same kind of mercy over judgment that God extends to you. Yeah. Wow. Well, the question that we ask all of our guests is what advice or what would you say to your younger person, like the version of yourself? What would you say to Rebecca, young Rebecca? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, young Rebecca was definitely like survivor, survival skills. <laughs> and I definitely would say to her um, then that while you probably thought like you were getting all these inroads because of your hard work and tenacity and savvy, clever street skills. (laughs) Um, It was really, truly God that was going before you and bringing people around. It was always his, it was always his will and desire and delight to provide for you. And um, the sooner you see that and recognize that, and own that it really came from a believe a place of belovedness, not survival. Um, then you can just return that back to God in just pleasure and gratitude. I remember the day I saw it. I was probably mm, I was probably twenty seven, and one day I was just I had had Kate, who's probably a year or two at the time. I was pregnant with my second. I think. And all of a sudden it was like the Lord, like allowed me to have a vantage point of myself, like outside of myself Mm -hmm. at that point. And I was always very much like a firstborn type a driven overachiever. Um, and God through the suffering of having Cade and just the, just the breaking of kind of like my strength and stamina, I think the Lord allowed me to just see his thumbprints and like how he had prepared me in in advance for every circumstance that I called success and hard work, which Mm. it was. I mean, there is hard work that God honors. We know that. But I looked back and I go, you did this and you did this. And in this situation, even though it was hard, you prepared me for this. And then you prepared me and look at where we are here. And now every journey, every road Every turn in the road of our roadmap of life was all orchestrated in advance. And we were prepared for even those bigger yeses because of the smaller ones we had said prior. And that is my comfort to all of us that we really can trust a God who sees the whole span of our lives. And I I know in a decade from now, I'll be saying like, I remember on an interview in my mid forties, feeling like I saw so clearly the hand of God to that point, mm. but it doesn't 
end. It's still happening. It's happening in the future and we have no idea. And yeah. we're going to look back, we're going to marvel that his hand was on our lives, pulling the thread of healing and redemption the entire time. Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed this inspiring episode with Rebecca Lowndes. Again, Rebecca is one of my personal favorite inspirations in faith and in life. Today, we spoke about having a surrendered yes is when you completely let go and give God your yes into exactly what He's inviting you into, no matter how scary it may seem. Rebecca shared her own story in faith, particularly her panic attacks, anxiety, and fear, and how following God brought her into freedom. We also spoke about just how important it is to say yes to not just God, but ourselves and others. We feel so blessed to have had this conversation with Rebecca. For now, have the most amazing week and we'll catch you guys next Saturday.